Welcome to Lymphedema Podcast. I'm Betty Westbrook, a certified lymphedema therapist and the voice behind Lymphedema Podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to provide answers and explanations for people affected by the lymphatic disease, lymphedema. This podcast is for patients, family members, medical professionals, and anyone interested in lymphedema. Each month, I will discuss a new topic related to this disease to help you learn more and navigate better your journey ahead. Between shows, you can catch me on IGTV or Instagram TV, as well as monthly live Q&A sessions. I'm so passionate about teaching others about lymphedema that I created this podcast just for you. Thanks for joining me. I hope you're ready to learn something new today. Disclaimer, as a certified lymphedema therapist, all information provided is based on my professional experiences and education. I recommend that anyone who feels they have lymphedema or have been medically Hey, it's Deborah here, and I would love to contribute to this conversation as I fit that demographic that you just described. I am that middle-aged white woman with breast cancer who has lymphedema. And I find it frustrating because the perceived notion that you see by images is that it's all perfect in a perfect sleeve and everything is cool once you get that sleeve. And that's not the reality. Um, And that is a really hard thing because I fight against that image as well. We don't all fit that perfect model that is wearing a sleeve in the advertising. You know, that is the really hard challenge for people to see, you know, the different brands. I know some of them try really hard to find different types of models, but you know, that atypical secondary primary you have lots of variations. Secondary, we're a little bit stuck in a groove, right? And it's really hard to expand what that looks like within the community locally, within the community globally, because that perception is, oh, I'm supposed to look like that. And so if you don't look like that, you're not measuring up to be equal. And and I think that's a really hard thing because it also means there's so much, I use the word restrictive as opposed to negative uh, quite often because I often hear, well, you're not supposed to be doing that. Amanda, you can appreciate this. You're not supposed to be lifting that weight. You're not supposed to be doing that. That is such a restrictive nature for what we are supposed to be doing is living. Um, You know, I've had experiences within things that I've been working on in the last year where I had to step back because I'm just like, I can't help promote lymphedema if you're going to restrict us so much. Um, you know, and not in his own way as bullying, because you've got older mindsets that are saying, no, 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 you can't do that. You're not allowed to. And it's like, you know, the research has actually been updated to show that it's actually really good for us to do this. Um, it's part of why I dragon boat. But even within that, you know, my dragon boat team, I'm working on building a lymphedema workshop for them because they just don't know. And you've got ladies who had cancer 20, 25 years ago who have no idea that they could still get lymphedema. You know, they're like, oh, I'm fine. And you're just like, but you're not because you're not open to the idea that could happen. It is a possibility. Um, You need to still be mindful of the care that you need to take for your limbs. And I think, you know, everything that we're doing here is, is just lending a deeper voice to it, but also showing people that you don't have to be restricted by the idolized imagery that's out there. Um, you know, we're changing the face of it, but I know for myself being a secondary, understanding more and more about the different aspects of primary has been mind blowing over the last couple of years because we just don't know. 
And until we share our voices, we have a platform. You know, someone 20 years ago, like yourself, Amanda and Bisa, what was there? There wasn't a social media platform to use. So now we have the opportunity to use these platforms and really use our voices. And I'm so happy that, you know, we're all trying to talk about the men that are part of our community because we know that they do get shunned quite a bit. Um, you know, seeing some of the amazing people that we've got, that we've featured, that are out there doing physical activity that you're going, what? How can you do that? You've got bandages on and you do all this thing and you pump at night. How are you able to do these things? And I think if we can dispel those, you know, falsehoods that are out there about what lymphedema actually is for living versus surviving or, you know, as we put it, thriving, we will break down those walls, but we have to do it as a unified front and we have to be, you know, our own advocate for one. And learning how to do that is becoming part of a community and being able to use your voice like we are, or even silently, you know, writing letters, doing those things that that aren't the physical where you're seeing someone. Not everybody wants to be seen. And that's something we also have to recognize is not everybody wants to be seen, but they definitely want to be heard. I think that's I, something important to acknowledge is that and I have a, <clears throat> my friend Luann, she was a patient of mine for a long time and she really frustrated me as a patient. She and I really just butt heads and episode 54 is all dedicated to Luann. And I just, I mean, she passed away in October and I still find myself like wanting to reach out to her and talk to her and share with her these things that are going on because Luann didn't get out of her house for years I'm going to cry. and I'm going to blame it on the hormones, but it's just everything. So she didn't get out of her house for years. She went and got like one haircut within five or six years. And she was ecstatic. She made it to her daughter's graduation. She did not want to be seen, but she wanted her voice heard. She wanted her story shared and she wanted um, me to take her pictures when I went to DC for uh, lobby days um, for the lymphedema treatment act. And she joined the Texas team and she would call reps and she would call the senators and she would write letters and she wanted her voice heard. So I love that you just mentioned that not everyone wants to be seen because let's face it, they're not a bodybuilder like Amanda Sobe. Um, and, and I don't mean that as a dig at you at all, Amanda, that's more, I, I feel like you have a heightened platform in a way that you can you can be mobile. You can go and you can go attend lymphedema lobby days. You can go and you can march and you can run to raise awareness and you can attend events. Whereas a lot of people cannot, but they do want their voice heard. And I do like that Deborah just mentioned that, that we're here to elevate the voice, the louder our collective voice can get to bring awareness and to make change, the more people will hear us. And I, I don't know, I just had to talk about that for a second. I just really like that you said that because I don't I don't acknowledge that much. My personality is very, I always like to talk about it, an Enneagram. I'm an eight wing seven, which I'm basically a poodle. And Sean Mulroney, he calls me a poodle with fangs. I'm basically, you can't tell me no. I will like lock in on what I am going to accomplish and I will achieve it. I will 
bark as loud as I have to. I will gnaw down anything that gets in my way and I will make it happen. But that's not everybody's personality. A lot of other people are kind of like, I'm going to just sit back here and see what happens and give a little bit of my input. Um, Nicole, Amanda, y'all can jump on in whenever you want. Um, and then I would love to hear from Bisa because I would like to hear her perspective as well um, following this. I just wanted to echo uh, Deborah's. You said something, there's said two things that really resonated a lot. One is the this perfect picture of the <laughs> people wearing garments, which uh, it's changing a little bit and I'm very glad that it's changing. I've seen the for the first time, some of the companies bring like people with big legs and, and a bit of a lymphedema arm. It still has its way for, <laughs> to improve, but it's better. Um, but yeah, it, it is totally something that, again, it goes back to that perpetuation of, of, of then like you cannot put one thing with other, like if you're a patient, how can you relate with a company that's trying to, to help me when I don't look like that? And am I able to fit that? Um, so it, yes, we're totally here to kind of change that. Um, the other thing that it really resonated was that thing of like restrictive, um, I never thought about it that way because I'm a challenger in myself. So you tell me one thing and I'm going to tell you, nope, I think I think the other way. So I've always been like that. So I've always naturally done that. But you're totally right. The guidelines are like, you know, kill me now. Of course, it's like, so I can't get out of my house. Totally. That's what it says. Um, Like, and, and it's to be here and and to hear from you in that verbalization i think is fabulous because to be here and actually challenge that and tell you yes you have to follow this in this particular way but it doesn't mean that you're exempt from being able to do it or how do we teach people if you want to do exercise you can still do it and in this way you can still go out and walk don't be afraid of getting in a pool don't be afraid like how can you get into a pool like how can you then enable people to enjoy things in life, like you said very well, living, uh, because it's about life. Uh, and um, not you said it very well, it's about living, not surviving. And I really love that. Um, it's, it was a very good quote. Okay, hello, this is Bisa. Um, so I'm quietly listening here. And I, I have to say that I've never experienced the bullying or really even seen that much of it. This is this is a new thing for me. If you were listening to the um, podcast we did uh, during World Infidema Day, I was in shock because <laughs> I didn't know this happened. Um, that being said, as a person who has primary lymphedema, I know how hard it is. It was how hard it is for me and also for my patients uh, since to get diagnosed and to get care that Nicole talked about, regardless of what they look like or where they're from. Um, and uh, what I also wanna to speak to is, I think what Deborah and Amanda maybe touched on a bit was uh, people hanging on to old ideas and saying you can't do a thing. I spend a lot of my days as a therapist and putting my therapist head on now, encouraging people like you can do these things, you just have to do it progressively, right? So you, you don't jump in from I'm sitting on the couch and now I want to get fit and run a marathon, you maybe start by walking around the block a few times and seeing how your leg or your arm or whatever body part you're affected responds. And if it responds badly, slow down, maybe just do two two circles around the block. And then next time try four, like you, you do everything incrementally. The same thing with weights. So, just, uh, so I, I'm often saying to people, you can do anything. And I cite people like Amanda and uh, Donna Cordner who does uh, CrossFit champion and other people doing amazing things. So you can do anything you want. 
as a lymphedema patient. I really want to say that loud and clear here. As long as you start uh, slowly, incrementally, and go progressively. And I just don't want anybody out there to be uh, not doing a thing because of this condition. That is not any way to live. And um, that's the key message that I want to get across today. Go ahead, Alexa. Um, yeah, to bounce off of that, and also what Deborah said too, the, the point about not everybody wants to be seen. I think we have to be really mindful when use, it's great to be empowered in everything, but it's true. A lot of people don't have the, the same level of abilities or they don't have that same desire to want to be seen like that. And I think being mindful of that is so important. And even little things like, um, wearing i have lymphedema in my right leg and i used to hate wearing anything that exposed my leg and when i would go shopping i have a twin sister so she does not have lymphedema so infinite comparison you know abounds right there but um when we would go shopping together and i'd see something that i'd want to wear and I'd be like oh i can't wear that you know because of my leg she'd always say not that you can't wear it it's that you won't wear it and i think it's all about that reframing even the little things like Lisa just said, you know, you're not going to go from the couch to running a marathon, but just reframing your thinking around everyday little choices like that are the building blocks to kind of get you there to a place where you're comfortable to start, you know, becoming more active or, or be more comfortable just in your own body. And I think that's really important. We all have different levels of, of comfort and what we're willing to do and how long it takes. It took me so long to get to the point where I would wear you know, a skirt or a dress. And now I wear them, well, before the pandemic, I would wear to work, you know, with my compression out and everything. And that was such a big thing. And and just doing that, then my coworkers became exposed to seeing a person with lymphedema and what it looks like to wear compression, you know, and, and it kind of helped expand their awareness. So we're kind of just existing in the world as people with lymphedema doing this sort of radical little thing of of making everyone around us aware and it's a ripple effect. So it's all down to what you are comfortable with first and then kind of the awareness follows. And I think that's a beautiful, can be a beautiful, empowering thing in the smallest little bits even. Lymphedema Podcast is supported by Bryland's Feet Foundation, Juzo, Medi USA, and the National Lymphedema Network. Learn more about our sponsors by visiting the website, lymphedemapodcast.com, and listen to their episodes while you're there. And I just want to add to that. Um, I think empowerment looks different for different people. So empowerment for Alexa's wearing her dress with her garment out. Empowerment for uh, Betty's client you're speaking of was, please take this picture and let me let my voice be heard. And I think we need to be accepting of the range of possibility. I think it's been said in different ways here that what's empowerment for me may be different for somebody else and be really accepting of that and, and not um, try and push anybody to do anything they're not ready to do or shame anybody for not doing a thing. I love, um, it's Amanda again, but I really love what everyone is saying. And I want to kind of go back to full circle with supporting other people who may not look like you or who may not be similar to you. And I think the mindset of being restrictive, it all stems from with your, in yourself. I think uh, for me, I had a really hard time seeing outside of my bubble that my life could actually get better. I was like, Alexa, I didn't want to share my legs. I didn't want to expose myself. And I think it's really great to talk on this topic of conversation because as social media influencers, which all of us are, um, we are able to take from the majority of the followers who may not be comfortable and learn from them 
but we also have hopefully that platform that can show them the path and show them the way. What I've recognized in a very short period of time is, is that I don't really think we're very good cheerleaders um, in just general. I think we look at other people and say, oh, I wish I had that car or I wish I had that relationship or I wish I had, was able to wear a pair of jeans like that woman. And it could, or I wish I didn't have cankles. I know it sounds really bad, but I used to be jealous of women who could didn't have cankles. And so any knee jerk reaction that is causing you to restrict your circle or restrict your point of view, I think that has to be challenged upon yourself. And yes, it's fine to be upset in your situation. It's fine to acknowledge that, okay, you have a disease, there's not much known about it, but yet it's not okay to take that anger and pay it forward to somebody else. And I really hope that with this podcast that we're doing today, that we're able to rise up everybody as a nation. It takes years for change. It takes years for influence. But if we don't start to come together, and I don't care if you have arm lymphedema or leg lymphedema or torso lymphedema, I don't care if you're black, purple, yellow with brown stripes, it doesn't really matter. If we need to make change, we really have to start working together and also championing other people embracing other people's successes. Like I love watching other men and women go ahead of each other, showing how amazing they can lead their human spirit. And I think instead of being afraid of the human spirit, I think we have to do a much better job at grooming the human spirit and being supportive of what that looks like. Amanda, are you, you used to be, um, uh, oh my God, I forgot the word in English used to be jealous about people with sound cankles because I still am. <laughs> and I embrace my lymphedema and I accept it. I still am. Um, but um, on the community and on the changing the perspective, um, I think that maybe, and some the I think some of the comments that I've got recently, I think, have been trying to pull it back a little bit on the reality side because I do put out there like a more positive, colorful, smiley face because I want to show people that you can. Um, I think that it then obfuscates the struggles that I do go through on a every single day. Um, it doesn't mean because my two legs look kind of similar that I don't struggle. The, the look and feel of it is something I've worked <laughs> very hard on. Like I, I it's it i cannot even tell you like the, how much i've taken myself out of, of of life in order to take care of it to be able in a stable place um but i do feel that if you have i have i guess if i can say the word the the balls of of putting of like exposing it um it's the i've done it for the benefit of others not because i think everybody should do it it's just sort of so that if that can give you just a bit of confidence to put sandals on, because I know that I didn't do it for years. I didn't go to the beach and I, I come from an island. I didn't go to the beach for like 10 years. Um, and it wasn't until recently that I literally put my garments in the water. And I like, I literally was, that was July, less than a year ago. Um, so if we, I've taken it as a mandate for myself to challenge myself to kind of at least give back to others to actually challenge that template that we've been giving that we actually I don't agree with. Um, so yeah, I think we have some power here to change what we've 
kind of um, already suffered a little bit from. Um, and the, yeah, I think it, what's happening and what's happened in the last couple of years and in the last month is quite empowering. I think I want to, oh, go ahead, Deborah. Um, I just wanted to share, it was a quote that I had heard from from a coach that I, I often listen to here in Canada. And it was about, you know, who isn't being served if I'm playing small? And I think, you know, that I would put to anybody who feels like their voice doesn't matter, that, you know, we need more advocates out there. We need more people engaging you know, we put great content out, but we need engagement. And so that means people need to chat with us. People need to show that they're there. And, you know, I'm not going to curse, but it's stop hoarding your good stuff. Like, honestly, every experience is something we need to share because that's what humanizes this illness, right? It is an illness. We know that, but we need to humanize it. That is the biggest part, I think, of what we're we're sometimes missing. And we definitely don't get it from the medical system. You know, that human aspect takes a lot, and it's a lot of special doctors that are rare and few and far between that show that humanness to the treatment of it. And I think if we can remember that, you know, our story is our story, but our story could incite and empower someone else to live a much more fulfilling life, we need to do that. And even if it's just, you know, someone you meet in a clinic or someone you meet on the street, I've lost track of how many times because I'm very open wearing my sleeve that someone has come up to me and wanted to touch my arm, wanted to touch the garment, wanted. And if someone says, oh, that's you hurt yourself. No, <laughs> you know, that's your opportunity to use it as a teaching moment to educate someone else about what lymphedema is. And I would hope that anybody who is listening can empower themselves to at least do it once to just know that your voice matters and to use it so that you're not playing small. Play big for a check, you know, see how it goes and see what you're comfortable with. You don't have to be the advocate who's out there showing everything, talking every day, doing what we do. You know, you can be an advocate in your own little community or even in your own family. Educate someone what you're going through. Because just as you said, Nicole, like, you don't want to put the negative out there or what's perceived as negative. But it's our life. It's our experience. And if we don't humanize that experience, I think a little bit gets lost if we're just putting out positive. Here's the great things you can do. Well, here's how to live with this particular situation, I think enables more people. And so that's just my push is just to, I remind myself of it every day. It's on my board right in front of me right now is who isn't being served if I'm playing small. I think um, something that, that I, I mean, I, I was an English major. I'm very into language. I spoke at the NLN in 2019 about the language of lymphedema. So I think one of the things that I feel is, is another act of, of empowering or kind of tweaking or changing that narrative is the language we use when we talk about our lymphedema. Like I personally don't like to say I, I suffer with lymphedema. There have definitely been days where I've, I've suffered or been, you know, like really struggling, but I like to say I'm, I'm living with it. It is a part of me. I live with it. I adapt with it. You know, I, I don't let it stop me from doing things nowadays. Um, in the past, I probably would have, but, you know, I try and find ways to, to make it work. And I think just even changing when people ask, you know, I've, I've met people on the street too, and have conversations around compression or this or that, 
just changing the way we, we present it to people as kind of these like advocates or these um, representatives of the lymphedema community when you're out in the world, you know, it changes the way that people will, will perceive us and our community too. So if we say like, I have lymphedema, I live with it. I think that creates a different kind of image. It's not that overwhelmingly saccharine, like everything's great. Like I have lymphedema and it's fine, but it's, it's the reality of it. You live with it. You're not always suffering with it. It sucks. You're not always suffering. And I think there are some organizations that tend to use that, that language too, that very suffering doom and gloom. And I get how that helps to sort of create more awareness in that aspect and sort of that, you know, we, it, it expedites the need for research and stuff to say people are suffering. Obviously I get that, but, um, cause I also work in marketing. Um, but I, I think too, you know, we have to highlight that you live, you can live a full engaging life, whatever that looks like to you, whatever that means to you, you can achieve that. It's, it's not an impossible thing. This isn't a death sentence, like, like Betty said, you know, it's, it's, it's not something that's going to confine you. If, if you just sort of reframe your thinking and your language around it, just those little tweaks can do so much. Hey everyone. My name is Marina with Ultra Therapy Solutions. We are a therapy staffing agency based out of Dallas. We are the largest lymphedema home health staffing agency in all of Texas. Our agency is known for our specialty like lymphedema, vestibular therapists, big and loud, as well as the greatest PTs, PTAs, OTs, CODAs, as well as MFW and RNs. Our service area includes Dennis and Sherman, down to Waco, east through Longview, and as west as Abilene, and everything in between. If you're a lymphedema therapist or a therapist interested in getting lymphedema certified, please feel free to contact me at our agency at marina at ultratherapysolutions.com. We offer PRN, part-time and full-time caseloads, as well as benefits for all of our full-time employees. And currently, we've got an immediate caseload availability. If you are a patient within these areas looking for lymphedema home health, please feel free to contact us at 214-699-1296. We can always assist you in finding lymphedema therapists in your area. Also, if you're looking to connect and get all to the up-to-date news of what's happening with Ultra Therapy Solutions, please make sure to follow us on Facebook. Hey, everybody. I hope you have enjoyed listening to part two of Community versus Comparison. Stay tuned for next week as our part three final installment of this great conversation comes out. As always, remember, you are not alone on your lymphedema journey. Lymphedema Podcast is here for you to find a friendship in a community for your journey with lymphedema. Email me at lymphedemapodcast.com at gmail.com if you would like to submit a topic or share your story you can always visit the website lymphedemapodcast.com to learn more as well i'll see you next week